1: Hey, Michael, how are you? Good, how are you? Yeah, not too bad. Sorry if I got you a bad time, mate. No, 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 no. Just uh, down here
2: in my cave uh, recording, doing some vocals. No problem at all. I hope I haven't uh, broken
1: that flow. I know what's wrong. Like.
2: Oh, no, no. <laughs>
1: not,
2: not at all. Not at all. We're we're prepping to come to Australia, and, you know, we're getting excited about it, so not
1: a, not a worry. We are so damn excited for uh, Striker to come back down here. I mean, it's been like, what, eight years? I believe that's way too long.
2: It has. Last time we, yeah, last time we were there was 2010. So it's it's definitely much too long. We we like to try to get back to faraway places at least every two or three years. You know, so eight years is way too long.
1: Absolutely, and, and of course, man, the the new album, Goddamn Evil, is. Great! I've been cranking it and it's definitely got some classic Stripe elements while uh, also pushing into some new directions as well, which is amazing. I mean, after 10 albums, how do you get out of your, you know, your writing comfort zone to move things forward without losing those important elements of the band?
2: Well, you know, I learned over the past 10 years or so that it's important to always remain true to, you know, who you are as a band and where you come from. You know, Striper, always was a metal band and those are our roots. Bands like Judas Priest and Iron Maiden, Van Halen, Scorpions, UFO. And you know, it's important to us to not venture too far from that. We we've it's a fine line because when you're in a band you always wanna keep things fresh and experiment and try different things and sometimes though you lose sight of who you are and who you were. Uh, cause you, you stray off that path too far and you try something too different and you lose fans and alienate your fans. So, we've been trying hard, uh, to get back to who we are, you know, with albums like No More Hell to Pay, Fallen, Now Goddamn Evil. It's, it's really full circle, even though they have bits of those modern flavors, uh, which is important as well. You know, it's, it's got that classic sound to it the harmonies and the high-pitched screams and, the you know, the songwriting's a little different, but that's okay. I think that's what brings us and keeps us in 2018 and somewhat relevant. But, you know, it's important to really, you know, not only please yourselves, but you got to please the fans as
1: well. And Striper's been trying to do that. I think you've done it successfully. I mean, because there are some bands, obviously, out there that they, could, they stray way too far. They, go, they think they've got to go... Way out of left field to try and do something new, but sometimes subtle changes and things like that while keeping that base, is just, it just works, man. You guys have just nailed it.
2: Well, you know what? We're trying. We really are. And, uh, you know, we listen to the fans. We always ask questions and say, what do you guys want? And, uh, what would you like to hear on this album? Mm-hmm. This next album? Would you like to hear a ballad? Would you like to hear more of an edgy sound? And we take that uh, in, uh, and we, we try to, you know, please the fans. It's important to us. Some bands kind of have a, a middle finger up, you know, and saying, "Hey, screw you." <laughs>
1: <about> <laughs> a lot of
2: times, Striper's really trying not to do that. We want to listen to the fans. That's important to us.
1: And of course, man, you mentioned before about the uh, the high notes and stuff. They're super impressive. I mean, some of those notes are just unbelievable. I mean, what's your secret? I mean, I can't do that stuff anymore. <laughs>
2: Well, you know, it's just the,
1: the love of it.
2: I think is is the key, uh, most important secret. We we still love what we do, and because of that excitement, even though I don't sound real excited at the moment, I'm kind of tired at the moment. But trust me, I am. <laughs> uh, that that excitement is what really translates over to the music. And when we go into uh, make an album or we go to tour, we get together and we're like smiling and we're ah, let's do it. You know, we plug in and. We still have that excitement about it. It's not like, uh, okay, let's, let's do it again. Here we go, you know, uh, going through the motions. Uh, and once you get to that point, that's a scary place to be where where that excitement is, is either at a very low level or even gone. Hmm. That's really, really scary and frightening, and I never want to get to that point.
1: And what about uh, tracks off the new one? I mean, what are you looking forward to road testing out here? Well, we're we're
2: doing uh, new material. We're doing some stuff from um, uh, No More Hell to Pay. Mm-hmm. A few songs, I believe, we're doing a few songs from Fallen, and we're also doing, of course, uh, you know, four at least four songs from the new album. Uh, and then the tricky part is trying to fit in something from every album we've done. You know, we've done a lot of albums and. We have quite a catalog building up here and people want to hear the classic songs too, of course. Mm-hmm. So, you know, all of a sudden you find yourself in that 18 to 20 song range, uh, and you're, you're at an hour and a half to hour and 45 minutes set. And, you know, uh, sometimes we're contracted to do these things for 75 minutes, you know, an hour and 15. And, you know, when you start pushing that hour and a half or hour and 45 minutes, you, you start kind of getting out of that. Comfort zone with the promoters and the buyers yeah. <laughs> because of curfews and opening bands and whatnot. So we really try hard to put together a good set list to please everybody.
1: The devil doesn't live here is pretty cool. I love that track. Is that one you're going to be uh, spitting on the road?
2: It's not, man. It, it it is not. We're focusing on at least in in our opinion, the label's opinion, the, the really important songs and and the the crowd favorites and the uh, the inside favorites and you know songs like the valley True. you know we're definitely doing we're doing sorry for sure uh we we may do take it to the cross uh, you know the ones that have lots of lots of buzz going right now people are we've got videos for and people are talking about it. devil doesn't live here no that's kind of a kind of a filler track and uh you know uh, we won't won't be doing that this time around anyway oh that's cool
1: that's just my favorite (laughs) everyone's got their favorites i guess there's so many bands that you know really really heavy bands that love striper i mean it's an influence for so many that you know even in the death metal community i mean in reverse of that are there any new bands that you guys draw influence from Oh, sure.
2: I mean, growing up, you know, we drew a lot of influence from uh, Iron Maiden, Judas Priest, Van Halen, especially. You know, like I mentioned, Scorpions and UFO. One of my favorite guitar players has always been Michael Schenker. Mm. I'm nowhere near the caliber of Michael, but he's a big influence of mine. Uh, Guys like Randy Rhoads, Ozzy Osbourne, uh, Eddie Van Halen, of course. Those are my influences as as far as guitar players go. Uh, And singers, Rob Halford, Bruce Dickinson... Uh, I love Steve Perry of Journey I mean so many different influences and uh, different genres and yeah that's the, that's the wonderful thing about Striper is we grew up uh, when we were painting the walls yellow and black in our garage back when we were 17, 18 years old you know you'd you'd walk in and you'd hear Iron Maiden cranking and just ripping loud through the system and then you know 10 minutes later we'd pop in a Journey album or you know 20 minutes later we'd pop in a uh, uh, night ranger or lover boy album i mean we listened to everything it wasn't just all about metal for us it was just about good music
1: back in the early days of the band you know i heard that you guys copped a little bit for touring with bands that weren't christian bands but you stood for your ground and what you believed in i mean was that difficult for you guys at the time
2: oh sure man i mean we we took a lot of heat we still do I don't know that it's difficult. It, it, I think subconsciously can be taxing mm. and exhausting, you know, when you're constantly hearing or reading negative things about you. You know, I think that's just human nature, but we've persevered and, uh, risen above it and, and stuck to our guns and, you know, nothing can shake us, man. I mean, um, we have a calling and, you know, we're on a journey, man, and nobody's going to distract us from that. We're going to do what we're here to do. Um, You know, we've gone out and played shows where we've had stuff thrown at us. We've been booed. Uh, We've been spat on. Uh, We've been swore at. You name it. But we just, we smile and just turn the amp up louder.
1: It seems like it's, more accepted these days. Though? I mean, especially when you've got guys like Alice Cooper and even some, you know, brutal heavier bands like Demon Hunter. And you know, have you found that people are more open to it these days than they used to be back then?
2: I think I think so. I mean, there's so many different types of music and genres and subgenres, and it's crazy. I can't keep up with it all. You know, I, I like to simplify it and just say there's metal and there's rock and there's pop and there's country. You know, not all these different types of metal. That's why when I hear the phrase "Christian metal," I kind of laugh yeah.
1: <laughs> because
2: you know we're we're just a metal band, and who who just so happens to be comprised of Christians. I like you know? that. But if you're gonna start breaking it, if you're gonna start breaking it down like that, you know, and everything's got to be uh, labeled and categorized. I mean, so if a band is comprised of Catholics or uh, atheists or Satanists, are, are we going to start like a, a, a atheism metal and uh, satanic <laughs> you know, metal and uh Catholicism metal and it's just really silly. So, you know, we're a metal band.
1: What about when it came to, I, I hope you don't mind me asking because I'm genuinely interested, but, you know, back then, you know, there was so much sex and drugs and it was just excess. Uh, I mean, did you find it hard not to be dragged into that world? Especially at that time. Well, yeah.
2: I mean, again, back to the whole human nature thing. I mean, we we all have, uh, as human beings, we all have weaknesses and uh, are sinners at heart. You know, we're all sinners. We all we all commit sins and we all mm. do things that we're not proud of. And it's it's easy to fall a uh, trap to that. You know, and when I'm if I'm out hanging out with someone and I I just stop drinking bourbon or you know and then I'm around. Ten people who are drinking bourbon, and I'm sitting there going <laughs> <laughs> you know it, it's it's all about where you put yourself you know you could you could either put yourself right in the middle of of the biggest temptation or you can kind of stay away from what you know you're going to be tempted by and Striper tries to do that we We really try to just kind of stay stay away from our weaknesses and things that we might not want to uh you know be involved with. So we, we work at it. We really do.
1: And what about uh, the band's rider? I mean, I'm sure that with this band's success, there were uh, more extravagant things you could have added to uh, the band's rider. What's the most? What's the craziest thing that uh, Stripe ever had on your rider?
2: Oh, man, the craziest thing we've ever had on our rider is, is probably just too much gum. You know, <laughs> like <laughs> getting, you know, tons of packs of gum and going, what the heck, or chips or whatever. We don't have crazy things like the brown, the whole... Brown M&M Van Halen story, you know, if they found a Brown M&M, they would, you know, or if it could only be Brown M&Ms or whatever, I don't remember what it was. Um, we don't have anything like that. We never have. It's just a pretty typical straight-up writer. You know, we've got drinks and, uh you know, healthy nuts and, you know, healthy crackers. And we try to stay somewhat healthy, whatever it is on our writer.
1: What about um, when you know with the uh, big massive stage setups that um, you always used to have? I mean, was that was, that would have been a mission to yeah. tour with? I mean, how was that back back then when you had the big you know lighting rigs and stuff like that?
2: Oh man, it was crazy! I mean, we had a lot of stuff uh, going with us. We traveled with a, a large crew, a lot of equipment. Uh and it was difficult but you know we had the we had the money to kind of cover the expenses and cover the cost of that. Mm. Nowadays we keep it at a minimum. It's just a different world. You know, it's not the same really for anybody. I don't care what level you're at. I I don't care if you're uh you know kiss it, it, it doesn't matter who you are. I think everybody's had to cut expenses and and uh try to tour smart. Mm. Uh, because, you know, there's less there's less money going around. I mean, I, I saw it in Boston. I toured with Boston, and they were making uh, one amount uh, in terms of guarantees when I was out with them in '08. Now they're making an entirely different amount um, because, you know, although ticket sales are still relatively good, uh, you know, the, the cost of, of touring is, is really high, and people are trying to cut corners and, and bring those costs down. So, yeah, we've done the same. We've learned how to tour smart and we've kind of figured it out and we're able to go out and tour constantly and, and make albums still and and be somewhat uh, successful at, at how we do it and not be in the red all the time.
1: That's awesome. I mean, I mean it's, it's all about the music and not about the, uh, the actual, you know, stage shows and all that, <laughs> the spectacle. It is about the music. Yeah, so I mean, it should,
2: it, it should be. It should be. Yeah, my my brother was always more into the look and and the uh, and the production itself, which was good. You know that was something Striper was known for. But I was always more about the music. I'm more the music guy, and Rob's more the visual guy. Uh, and you know, I would I would love just to go out there in a pair of uh, black jeans and uh, Converse's and a black T-shirt, just rock it out. You know, crank the amps and do it. Uh, let the music do the talking. Uh, but we we do have that yellow and black thing going, and people remember us by that, and it's an important part of who we are.
1: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. But, I mean, the bigger the stage show, the more the ticket cost. I mean, not everyone can afford a
2: $200 oh, yeah.
1: ticket to see, you know, yeah. ex-touring band or whatever. It's, it's just hard. It's too hard these days. But, I mean, at least, you know, you guys and all these bands still touring, which is important especially in these hard economic times you know so
2: yeah we're we're blessed man we're blessed to be doing it. a lot of the bands from our era aren't or mm. or they're not doing it well they're they're because we talk to them you know and they ask us how do you do it you know because we're having trouble and we're we're struggling and we're in the hole and we're this and that and we've just fin- figured out a way and thank god for my wife lisa who's really helped with budgeting and uh, she really is very smart when it comes to that sort of thing. We've been able to figure out a way to make it work, um, and and that's why you hear about us going out year after year and, and continuing to make new albums and release an album every few years. And you know, we've been going strong since '03, basically.
1: That's excellent, man. And uh, of course, I mean, you mentioned you were recording before. I mean, is that what you guys are working on as a follow-up?
2: No, no, no. I'm recording something. I'm, I'm recording something for someone overseas. And they're working on an album, and they ask me to sing uh, on a song, and I'm doing it. And it'll be released uh, sometime, um, I'm guessing, this year. But I do stuff on the side, you know, as well. I work with a lot of people, and, uh, you know, I've got, uh, I've always got something going on, whether it's Striper, Solo, Sweet and Lynch. Uh, I'm going to be working on a new album with Joel Holkstra coming up. Um, we're going to start writing that at the end of the year or early uh, next year. Yeah, and there's a lot of cool stuff, man. And I'm just thrilled to still be doing it, and I'm very blessed to have all these
1: opportunities. Well, whatever you do, we'll be uh, we'll be there for it, whether it's striper or your solo stuff or collaborations. It's always you always keep it interesting, right? It's uh, always excellent.
2: I try, man. I, I try my <laughs> best. I really do, and uh, I'll keep trying until I can't do it anymore. You know, and hopefully I've got another 15 or 20 years left in me at least.
1: 30 let's make it 30 <laughs> <Done>. <laughs> well that
2: would be pretty awesome i'd be i'd be 85 <laughs> years old so
1: <laughs> well i think that's what the stars are not now, right <laughs> like well
2: yeah fun. i think uh mick jagger is pushing 80 i think he's yeah. up there man so it's 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 amazing those guys are going strong like that so it's very inspiring
1: Absolutely. Well, uh, Michael, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. And, uh, of course, we're going to see you on tour down under very, very soon. And we'll be posting the dates uh, with this link. Thank you.
2: Yes, sir, man. Thank you, my friend. I appreciate the time. And uh, we'll see you soon. And God bless you.
0: Planning on traveling this summer?